Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast where every Sunday and Wednesday, we'll bring you fast-paced, powerful 15-minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends and all things tech for the professional salon industry. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. So first off, it is June 25th in terms of the airing of this podcast. I'm recording just a couple days prior to that, and we're coming up on the end of Pride Month. So happy Pride once again to my fellow members of the LGBTQIA plus community. Happy Pride to all of our allies and friends and, and all who support our rights to, to be who we are. Um, it's a difficult time for so many in my community. Um, I, I think actually for all of us, some of us perhaps aren't aware of the challenges that, that we face. Um, I grew up at a time when it wasn't really considered safe to be gay. I graduated high school in 1974. <laughs> that makes me old, but it was a, it was a very, very different time. And, and me of, and many of my friends of, of my generation in the gay community and our larger community are feeling kind of a sense of deja vu as it relates to our safety, um, which is a basic human and American right. So unfortunately, um, the fight continues. Quick update on this podcast. I'm shifting in July to once per week every Wednesday. And on Sundays, I am hosting a new podcast called Mastering Beauty, Building Sustainable and Successful Careers. It's part of Beautycast Network and my new role at Beautycast Network as CEO. And for those who don't know BCN, for the last 10 years, they have been supporting schools and graduates to help build great, sustainable, successful careers. And founder Penny Burns, who you're going to meet on the podcast, talks about the value and the power of providing students with free, ongoing career-focused support and ultimately the right career placement. This is a part of the industry that I have talked about forever. I have such a huge passion for it, and I'm excited that there are things happening in that area that I get to be a part of. So um, yeah, listen in for Mastering Beauty's first episode. There'll be 30 minutes every week with guests, and we're launching on July 9th with my friend Tabitha Coffey. So listen in. All right, today's topic. I've been talking to a lot of hairdresser friends, and, and I'm really pretty confident in saying that we are in perhaps the most competitive times that I can ever remember over the course of 40-some years of, of my career. And um, I don't know, in some, in some ways it, it feels surprising, but it is what it is. And I think salons and stylists you know, across the spectrum are, are face, facing it, are, are recognizing it, and, and trying to kind of sort out how to deal with it. Consumers are changing, and, and that's really an important thing to recognize. And there's a, a new generation of clients in town. You know, they, they are um, Gen Z, they've got a lot of money, and they're of age to be spending time in the salon. And more than any other generation, perhaps, they are searching online, on social, on YouTube, on TikTok, and how we search to find what we're going to do in our lives, especially where we're going to spend our money on services and products and all kinds of other things, it really matters. Not that it didn't matter before, it always has. Word of mouth has driven this industry, but as we started saying 10, 12 years ago, you know, social media, and I would add other forms of, of digital media, are kind of word of mouth on steroids. So they matter. What also matters, and I, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about and, and kind of studying and listening to, is, is kind of the future of search is clearly evolving. I, I think of my own behavior. I have long been, you know, just a user of Google. I think we all have. But in the last couple of years, you know, maps has just become kind of everything for me when it comes to going anywhere, buying anything um, in, in a physical store, you know. Um, but if I'm going to have to go somewhere and want to see what my options are, 
especially restaurants. And if I was looking for a salon, I think I would go there first. And it's restaurants near me, salons near me. That, that's, a, that's a change in behavior from many years past. And then we need to think about, well, what does that mean? And how do we show up? Because interestingly, you know, search, you have, you have the ranking situation and you know, only one salon gets to be number one, number two, number three, depending on how the search terms are put in. But maps, if you are doing all the right things to make sure that you show up, um, then you, you have an opportunity to to be seen in a, in a unique and different way, and I think that's really really important to say. You know, I've been talking a lot about um, AI and and ChatGPT, and my friend Anthony Whitaker, who've had on the podcast many times, and I've been able to be with him on his podcast, Grow My Salon Business, love it. But, but he shared a, a, an email that he received from renowned colorist, New York City-based David Adams, and he got a new client, was asking the client, as everyone should, how did you find me? How did you find the salon? And he said to Anthony, after listening to the podcast that, that Anthony and I did on over on his channel, um, he said, you know, so interesting because he had talked to this new client, said, how'd you find me? And she, she said, um, by way of chat GPT, she asked for the t- top colorists in New York City. And he was one of several that came up and she ended up coming to see him. So that's the first story I've heard of of this kind of search driving business, but it, I can't help but think, you know, that could be in time an absolute game changer. And really importantly is, you know, that, that search now is being infused really heavily with AI. Um, it's been there, you know, um, but it's changing everything. And so I, I think that's important to say. We also have to remember we're kind of in this test period for AI. They're, they're figuring things out and we're all part of this big experiment. And they tell us this, you know, that don't believe everything you read and, you know, be cautious, uh, double check facts, you know, all those things. It, it's, it is a work in progress. And again, they're very transparent about it, but I think sometimes we forget. So uh, again, I think that's really fascinating. So let, I want to talk for a couple of minutes about what we used to refer to as discoverability that came from um, author and, and kind of thought leader in social and digital Brian Solis years back. And, and, you know, it's, it's, why, why are salons on the web, on social media, on um, YouTube, you know, if, if that's where they are? You know, what is the reason for any business really to be online um, if you are a business that's out there for profit? A lot of it is brand awareness, but really so much of it really is about search. It's about being discovered. It's being about perceived in a certain way before they even walk in the door. And so it's really interesting that if you really kind of look at how um, the web has evolved, how content has evolved, a lot of that evolution has to do with, is connected to how Google works, how the algorithm works. You know, we hear that all the time now, especially on social media, media, which is separate from Google, but they all use algorithms. And so we're in a constant state of reaction as businesses to how we show up on all the various platforms and how are we seen by way of search, whether it is, it is Google, whether it's Bing, or whether it is the platform we're on, TikTok as an example, Instagram as an example. And then really important to remember as business people is that Google and, and Facebook, they've monetized these platforms with ads that drive people to things. And so, you know, and, and traffic generally, you know, which is being driven by just everybody wanting to find things, not always buy things, but just find things. All that together has an influence on how the platform works and then how we can best be on those platforms. But big picture, you know, it's just so important to realize that, that we as business people, we've adapted ourselves and how um, we show up as businesses online, we've adapted ourselves to the um, Google algorithms. 
And we always have to remember when it comes to search, it is far from perfect. Forget about AI for a moment. Um, let's just talk about Wikipedia. <laughs> the, the online encyclopedia is that pretty much anybody can go in and add comments, change, and there's just uh, been so much proof that there's a lot of false information on Wikipedia. There's a lot of great information, but again, we have to kind of look at, I think, most information today and, and just go, hmm, you know, how do I confirm that what I'm looking at is the truth? And you know, again, that connects to everything that we are doing. Again, I, I have been talking a lot about AI. I am pretty obsessed with it because it is so revolutionary, so game-changing. And again, in, in, in evolution, it is not new. But Google Search Labs, they just launched uh, recently. You have to kind of get on the waiting list if you want to use it. it it's similar to Bing and, and what they've done with ChatGBT is kind of an alternative too. But because Google has their, um, similar to, to Microsoft, which has Bing, because they have this suite of, of office um, work products, I should say, um, then they are being infused you know, with AI as well. It just kind of takes the whole Google thing to another level. Um, for instance, they have added um, AI to Sheets, and that's going to be rolling out. Um, not many people have access to that yet. And so you know, I really suggest, as we think about search, it just like I recommend everybody do with AI that we play around with it and, and see what it means. Just get in there on a more human level and, and search for other businesses, search for whatever it is that you're looking in life and, and, and think about the experience, think about the information, you know, think about what it could mean, you know, for what you're doing in your business. And again, it's kind of a, not a risky space to, to be playing in. And again, recognize really importantly in all forms of AI, that it's imperfect and that we are aware or should be aware that it is imperfect. And um, yeah. So lastly, I'd say I, you know, Google's been around for a very long time. It was like since the late nineties and I think 97. And then a few years later, you know, they launched mobile search. And when I say Google, I should say Google search has been around since um, the late nineties and then, then mobile search happened. So it's been around for a very long time and we kind of get used to it. But to me, it's like going to a, a business that just we go to out of habit and slowly but surely the customer service gets less and and whatever it is that we're wanting maybe we have less choices but we we just continue to go back because because it's a habit you know and and so i think it's really important to recognize and kind of pull ourselves back from our habit and look at a bigger picture because search is imperfect because of the monetization it's less valuable to many people um, as it was in the past people were finding looking for and finding new ways of search. And as the tools change, I think we're going to see a massive shift in adoption of, of these new tools and, and, and methods. And in doing so, just like I mentioned in the past, but it's going to happen at a faster pace, that how we show up is going to have to change to best connect to change, to how things are, are going to be different. And I've talked about this in the past, but so much of what we think about as the web and how we show up on the web is going to be influenced by this. And you know, a good metaphor for that is social media and how um, salons and, and stylists changed how they showed up, quote unquote, online, um, on social um, to best um, leverage the algorithms, or if not that, to, to best emulate someone you know, who's doing a good job. And a salon feels like, okay, if I do it this way, perhaps it'll work better for us. And, and that's a different version you know, of, of kind of the same thing. With all these tools, you know, I, I really recommend, again, that you play around. That you, and, and I think you know, it's, it's okay to play um, within you know, 
our industry, you know, between ourselves and the platforms. And I'll use, you know, chat GPT as, as an example, I'm just give a, a really kind of a, a quick little test that I did uh, just a few minutes ago, searching on AI for a, a salon practice, a best practice. So I, I asked it, you know, how should a salon think about considering a price increase on the service menu? And so it gave me a longer answer, but I'm going to just give kind of the, the bullet points and, and some thoughts about them. And so it said to me, when considering price increases in the service menu, salon should approach the decision thoughtfully and strategically. Here are some key factors to consider. So I love that, you know, just thoughtful. I'm hearing so much stuff online that doesn't feel thoughtful when it comes to price increases, just increase your prices. <laughs> There's a lot more to it. So, so I, lo- I love that starting place. Um, and again, I'm going to do the short version of these answers. So one is cost analysis, that you have to understand the cost of running your salon. And it goes into all the different items. And I, I think it did a really good job there. Um, I would say when you think about costs, first and foremost, are profits down? Are, are your actual profits at the end of things down? And um, if your client count hasn't changed, you can't explain away that, that, that profit going down. There's a good chance that incrementally all across your business, little things are going up in costs. And, and that should be a red flag for you. Number two, it recommends doing market research. Look at the local market and analyze pricing strategies of competitors. A, a lot of people say, no, 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 you, know, you shouldn't do that. I, I completely disagree. I, I've never heard of an industry that, that you know, is being smart and strategic about its business models that, that doesn't do that. The key is not being overly reactive because you, if you're reactive to businesses that don't understand the price themselves, then it can get a little wonky. But, but I think it is important to know what is happening in your market and what's happening in the natural market. Number three is value proposition, you know, just understanding what it is that makes your salon different. And then how do you connect that, those positive differences to whether a price increase is justified? How do, how do people look at you? And that leads to number four, client perception, which is how people look at you and perceive what you're doing, especially your prices. And so, you know, it's good to have that feedback, whether it's just through the course of your normal conversations with people or you do occasional surveys, but, you know, client perception, you know, is important, you know, and it matters. Um, next, I connected to it offer some tactics really quickly. Um, it says to consider gradual adjustments. If you decide to increase prices, consider implementing them over time instead of sudden large jumps. So that applies to large jumps. If you haven't done a price increase in years and, okay, 25%, you, you may want to rethink that. Don't know what the answer is to the proper tactic um, without more. Every salon's different, but think about it. Good advice. Communication. It talks about clearly communicating price increases to clients in advance. If you listen to me regularly, no, I don't agree at all. But again, you can read it and see what you think about it. I, very few, if, if any, industries I can think of other than us announce price increases. So bad strategy, unless it's a big price increase, which shouldn't be happening, by the way. Next one, um, added value and service enhancement. So as you think about increasing prices, is there anything you can do, the little things that make a difference that a person doesn't feel, doesn't even notice the price increase perhaps? And then lastly, monitor and evaluate, you know, just see what happens after you impact price or after you change prices and see where it's taking you. Really importantly, is client retention and new client acquisition. And, and then of course, you know, overall profitability. So, all right, so I'm, I'm out of time, but um, a quick little kind of talk about search and how important it is and how we think about how f- people discover us. And I, I want to add there that old school, I'll call it old school, but, but real time, real world, word of mouth, one client telling another person, a friend, a, a family member, you know, a, a colleague, you know, that they love coming to you and encouraging them to consider coming to you. That's still the gold standard. And I'm hearing so much positivity about that that practice um, when I talk to people today. But again, incremental growth, and for some core growth, um, can come out of what's happening online. And I just think it's really important to be considering 
what it means today, and, and, and really importantly, what it means tomorrow. And tomorrow was always this kind of faraway thing we used to talk about. Uh, tomorrow's happening really fast now. <laughs> so it's important that we're more in tune than ever because the pace of, of change, it, it, it's just going up. So I'm out of time again. Um, so I'm not only wrapping up, but I want to remind you to listen in on Sunday, July 9th uh, to my first BeautyCast Network podcast. Most excited to have the brilliant Tabitha Coffee on sharing thoughts about creating an amazing, long-lasting career. Uh, co-founder, not co-founder, but founder of BeautyCast Network. But Penny Burns is going to join us, so can't wait to introduce you to her if you've not met her before. And um, lastly, if you like what you heard today, I encourage you to visit me over at socialbeautymakers.com. That's not going away, by the way. And sign up for my free e-newsletter for more content and early access to the podcast. I'd also appreciate a rating, review, um, subscription, or, or best yet, share and pay it forward. Help others to find the podcast. As always, I want to say thank you so very much for tuning in. I'm Gordon Miller. I can't wait to share more with you next time.